How's it going? I'm Ryan. This is Brooke. Nathaniel. And we are Nerd Level 9000. So, how's it been going this week, guys? Uh, pretty good so far. Been playing a lot of Smite. <laughs> yeah. That's basically all I've played. <laughs> well, from the last episode of wanting a 3DS, I got a 2DS, and I've been playing a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've been pretty much stuck on Smite, too. Um, it's so fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to be able to have access to more of the gods. Yeah. I'm not going to buy the Founders Pack until Paragon comes out. Yeah, um, at least try it out. So, that gets us to our news a little bit, where we can talk about um, the Paragon Early Access, which I got an email from Paragon saying that the Early Access date will start on March 18th. Sweet. So... Sometime in the next couple of weeks, I should be able to find out a little bit more and play Paragon some. I watched a new trailer for uh, Sparrow, which is another one of the heroes or champions. And uh, it's really interesting uh, watching that gameplay and how there's, you know, almost ridges, you know, with the varying levels. Yeah, And uh, cool. being able to kind of like jump off a platform and then you're obscured for a minute because they have to run to the edge. Uh-huh. But then, you know, you're shooting up at a disadvantage. So, it, there's a whole lot more going on. Or a smite, you know. Yeah, it's all f- one dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh... Which, that's gonna... There's already... You know, some things I've noticed about smite is, like, your aim has a lot more uh, to do with your success. Comparing it to, like, League. Yeah. You know? Uh, you do have to kind of be able to aim skill shots a little more and stuff. So that means Paragon is going to be like you're moving on the whole X and Y mm-hmm. axis. Like you yeah, can, you can look up and exactly. Down, so, which to me makes it just like you're going to miss so many more shots because exactly. you, you can't aim correctly. I think it's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, but they're having a founders pack as well, so mm-hmm. I, I'm going to wait and see which one I'm going to dedicate myself to because yeah. you can't do both. You can't do yeah. Smite and Paragon and still try to keep up. I have Division coming in Tuesday. Oh, yeah. So I'll be playing that. That's a third-person shooter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm really interested to play it. I actually didn't get to play any of the betas or anything for yeah. the Division. I don't really it at all. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. The, you know, the, like, near-future stuff doesn't mm-hmm. really appeal to me as much. Like, I... I played Call of Duty just as a competitive shooter a little, you know, when Modern Warfare 2 and stuff was coming out. But the idea of that, that's why I like Destiny so much, I think, because it's almost more, like, fantasy style and, you know, separate from our real world. So that, that appeals to me a little more. But we'll see. Well, I'm the Division it. is supposed to be more along the lines of a Destiny, more more of an RPG than a shooter. I just mean the setting, really. Yeah. Well, the setting's like a, a rundown... It's actually, yeah. I think, a, a scale New York. Like, yeah. Um, Damn. So, uh, it, it'll, yeah. it'll be interesting. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. But I will be buying the Founders Pack for either Paragon or Smut. It's such a good deal. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you get every god. Like, you can't mm-hmm. beat that. Especially, you know, once they get to the full game of Smite. If it, it seems to work perfectly fine on PS4, and I think it's, it's going to be a big... 
popular game on PS4. So yeah. Being able to get in early and get all those all those guys. I know someone, uh, Aaron actually. Uh, he played Smite's really early release on the computer, mm-hmm. and I think they were just trying to get funds to continue the game. And for five dollars, yeah. he got everything. And now for thirty dollars on the computer, you get half of what he got for five. I mean, it's, so getting in there early and while those deals are still going on, I mean that's why it's called the Founders Pack, you know? Yeah, I I mean I'm really, I it's just thirty dollars and you get a full game that. I mean, it, it's countless hours. You could put thousands and thousands of hours into that game if you wanted to. Oh, yeah. Especially um, when you have all the gods unlocked. <laughs> exactly. You know, like trying all these different characters out and their different skills. And there's, I think that's one of the things that appeals to me most about MOBAs is the uh, just how many different things you can do. Yeah, the variety. You, you can spend hundreds of hours on one champion or one oh, god yeah. or one hero to get good with them. Yeah. And have not even touched the other ones. Yeah. And that's hundreds of hours of gameplay. So 30 bucks, as opposed to, I mean, 60 or 70 for The Division, which The Division's a little different because it's still a very continuous one. But Right. Um, I'm, I'm interested, and in, uh, I will do one or the other. So, mm-hmm. And I didn't put that much money in the league. The whole time I played, of course, I was broke, didn't have any money. <laughs> um like at all because I was a teenager. But, I mean, that's the huge appeal of a lot of those games is you don't have to put money into them. You can, you know... Get Ash and just kick everybody's ass with mm-hmm. Ash. Get super good with her. Yeah, but um, yeah, Paragon the because I've, I've just now thought about it. it. It being you know being able to look up and down. I wonder if there's not like because you know in Smite it kind of puts a square around mm-hmm. where you're aiming at. I wonder if there's some sort of like lock on system. I don't know. There's an auto assist or aim assist, I guess, on yeah. Smite. I haven't tried it with that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how that plays. But I might have to try that. I don't know. That it might because it'll still mess you up if you're trying to auto auto attack or something. There's minions in the way. You just like hit the minion first with the auto attack. Well, you do that now, huh? Yeah, I know. So, uh, yeah, there's really no way to avoid it. So mm-hmm. it's all. I just don't want to get stuck. It depends on how how much it magnetizes. I just don't want to get stuck on a minion when someone's like running by me this way. You know. That's but, the only yeah. update I really have on Paragon for right now. Uh, no Man's Sky finally got a release date. Yeah. Which is exciting. Yeah. June 21st. So, pretty soon. Uh, what, three months? <coughs> I think. So. That's supposed to be a big open world kind of yeah, RPG, right? I'm not interested. Really? Not, not in the slightest. I, I won't pick it up. I've, I've watched a lot of uh, gameplay here and there from, you know, IGN's first and all that. It just doesn't appeal to me. What is it? It's an open world, pointless game. It's got like dinosaurs. I mean, you run around and research stuff. So Mm -hmm. it's an open world to just have an open world. So you run around and you research. You you don't even have a gun, I think. I think if you get a gun somehow and, like, you kill one of the animals, then, like, a patrol squad comes after you and tries to kill you, and then you, like, start over. So I don't... Yeah, you get your grant removed. (laughs) Yeah, like... (laughs) So, you're basically going and exploring and saying, well, this is a pretty rock. Take a picture of this rock. I found this fish. Here is this fish. Yeah. I think there's supposed to be an economy so you can scavenge here and there and, you know, you can build your economy by gathering goods and selling those or... Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's different things you can do. Uh Um, I guess the gameplay I was watching was more from, like, an explorer standpoint. 
But it's not. I don't think it's classes per se. It's just what you do with this character you make. Right. And uh, I think I think you they, get a gun. Not interested. I think they said something about you can be like a pirate and like steal people's ships. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that like, sounds but, awesome. Yeah, but the thing is, then everyone's going to be a fucking pirate and yeah. no one's going to be getting anything. There's one dude trying to take pictures of stuff and he constantly is getting mugged. He's <laughs> like, I just want to take pictures of the yeah. pretty butterflies. Yeah. You guys aren't experiencing this game the right way. <laughs> so. I'd be pissed about that too, though. Like, if you were actually do. trying to play this game. If I'm trying to be a researcher and take pictures of stuff, stop stealing my <laughs> shit. Yeah, I don't know. We'll what, what are the... Big selling points or perspective selling points was a lot of people were hoping it would be a PlayStation VR game. You know, they oh, come yeah. out and say, "Here's PSVR's that date." That would be really cool. And you know, here's No Man's Sky. It's the launch game. It would help sell it, and that would be the only way it would be kind of interesting to me. And yeah. even then, it's like I'm gonna go explore this world and sit on my couch like yeah. you know it's like there's plenty of other shit I still need to see that's out here <laughs> so yeah, it just it's not one that appeals to me It not my kind yeah. of game and I love open world I love RPGs I, I, I'm into that kind of stuff but yeah. uh, not I'll have to look into not it, that man. yeah just <laughs> not that for whatever there's there's no plot yeah it's an interesting concept but yeah we'll have to see how it, how it plays out I don't know so, with, with some of those games it's tough to say like until it actually comes out but I don't think it's when I'll get it released if I even ever get it yeah it doesn't seem like maybe exactly. if it comes out and then a couple months later people are like you need to play this fucking game there's then, too many other games I'm interested in oh my god right um, I mean Doom comes out I think on the 18th as well so that's two more weeks I probably won't get it because I'm getting the division this week yeah so I'm kind of kind of focused on the division and playing that some mm-hmm. and uh we were kind of in, like, a dead space yeah. for a while. No pun intended. Uh, yeah, for a while. Because there had just shitloads of games come out at the end of last year, mm-hmm. of course, around the holiday season. And then it's, like, the first few months of this year are like, and I hope you're still playing those old games. Well, Far Cry Primal just came out. This is oh, another sure. one yeah. I didn't pick up. There's There's been games. I yeah. just They haven't interested me. They, we played they, a lot of Far Cry back in the day, too. Oh, yeah. We, oh, my God. Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3. <laughs> um... Oh my god, you can put C4 in a Jeep and drive it into someone. That's the example I use all the time. Like, what's the best thing about Far Cry 3? Well, you can do shit like this. You see all that stuff in the trailer where you're like, no way that actually happened in the game. You can do that in Far Cry. It's crazy. Jump off a mountain. It's just, eh, whatever. Jump off a mountain. Run over a shark with a ski boat. Yeah. That is the most part of that game. Well, I don't have a weapon big enough to kill the shark yet, so I'm just going to run it over. And then I'm going to skin it so that I can... Yeah, because I need a bigger quiver. Because <laughs> I'm just going to use the recurve bow throughout this game because it's the best gun. The best gun is a bow. Yeah, I love Far Cry. Yeah, Far Cry Primal, it's just one... I might pick it up one day. Just not a launch game for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tried to play a little bit of Dark Souls. and <laughs> Well, Dark Souls 2. And I'm going to try again with a guide. And that's just that. I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it without a guide. Yeah, um, and I know that's part of the uh, draw to the Dark Souls series is the obtuse nature of it, and sure. just and just how it doesn't hold your hand through it. You know, it, yeah. it's difficult, and you know you have to kind of figure out what to do in this world. But the thing yeah. is, 
I don't, I hardly understand what I am, yeah. let alone what I'm on this quest. Like, how am I supposed to get to this castle to go fight this king dude? So it's yeah, with, with a guide. And obscure for some people can fade quickly into prohibitive and unfun. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. But yeah, that's definitely the people who like Dark Souls love fucking Dark Souls, and yeah, I see why I get it, and I like the idea that you kind of have to like work for the story. But like, that's just not how I want to spend my time. You know, no, I, I don't want to put sixty hours into it just to get. Well, I didn't have fun playing Dark Souls. Well, get good, get good. It's like. No, no. It's, it's not even get good. It's it's I want story. Yeah. You don't have to hold my hand. You don't have to give me a press X to go to objective. Right. But at least tell me what I'm looking for. Like, yeah. and not in some ancient riddle. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Do you speak Sumerian? <laughs> You're gonna need to like brush up on your Sumerian. I uh, I was the same way with Bloodborne too, actually, because I remember I put already at this point 10 to 15 hours into Bloodborne and I was watching a guy's like playthrough just like hey you know, let's see kind of what I missed I missed everything yeah like he was going back and he's like well if you pick up this off of this guy you know and it looks really weird and like you're wondering what it means well if you run over here and this person needs it and then you hear this little bit of like story back and forth and he, like, he goes into this whole backstory of like this random item I picked up and I'm like I didn't know what the fuck to do with it yeah and it was like some girl in a house and she was looking for her parents and, and that was a really weird thing I remember yeah and it was it was just so obscure it was cool once you got the story yeah. you just didn't really get the story like right. unless you go in and read the lore on every oh I found a toothpick well this toothpick belonged to this giant who once <laughs> killed this land and you know and it's like what the fuck like just yeah. give me some story like get Give me a gummy bear trail and like I want a gummy bear every now and then. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, piece of candy. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's what I want. It, they don't have to be on a silk road. To exactly. Ending, but I would like some tidbits. <laughs> you don't have to have the rope pulling me. Yeah. The ooh piece of candy. We can come ooh, up with some metaphors. Let's yeah. Let's go on. <laughs> um, yeah. It reminds me of, like that kind of style. I, I talk about Ocarina of Time a lot. But it's the same thing. It's like, you get out of the starting place and you're like, you're in a field. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you hope you know where you're going next. Oh, you got halfway through a temple and you don't have the grappling hook yet. Better go find that. Where is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Majora's Mask. Like, show up at this time of the day when you talk to this guy when he's there. And yeah. <laughs> hope you knew this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's coming from the person who couldn't beat Pokemon Yellow for the longest time. So, no, I was not a smart kid. I don't know how we went from No Man's Sky to <laughs> Zelda that quick, but that happened. Yeah. So, uh, I also watched another Nintendo Direct yeah. this week. Um, well, I watched part of it. I, did, I didn't watch the whole thing just because of the time it came on was when I was leaving work. <laughs> so, um, it was basically just uh, here's what's coming out. For 3DS and Wii U upcoming. So one of the first games, if you follow us on Twitter at NL9000, you will see where I retweeted that. Um, and it Star Fox Zero is coming out. Yeah. And it looks interesting. It, it, it looks pretty true to the 64 Star Fox. Yeah. Um, and one thing I did think was pretty interesting, he showed, he's like, well, if you turn right here... And he says, and you see this other path. He says, if you go on this path, it takes you to a secret level where there's a boss. And when you beat that boss and you go back out to this main menu, you have, like, a whole other 
like side. Oh wow! I'm, I'm trying to think of something similar where it's like a you know the galaxy and you go this planet to this one to this one to this one. Yeah, well, like chain. Yeah, but it gives you a whole other chain of planets to go. Oh, yeah. So he's like, you know, you can go back and play this and discover these other chains and you know, it, it, it seems pretty big. So, and it comes paired with uh, another like it was a Star Fox game that they had showed a while back or something like two oh, yeah. years ago. Um, they they just kind of like hey we're gonna throw this in <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that that one looks cool. Um, <sighs> there was a Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Rio 2016. Yeah. Specific title. Specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that oh, one, this is the one where they get the Zika virus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean totally. Is. Yeah. And this one it it seemed reminiscent almost of Mario Party um, oh, without. The board game, you know, to go on. It was kind of right. just mini games like Olympic yeah. games. Yeah. So this, this, and this. They and did then. a previous Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, right? So yeah. it was on the first Wii. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one's coming out on the DS in. I thought it was Wii U. No, it's coming out on the DS in just a few weeks, and then it's coming out on the Wii U in a uh, few months. I can't remember exact exactly the date. They showcased several games. Yeah. So um, there, there was a lot going on. There was also uh, a lot of Japanese RPGs that are coming to the 3DS, which I thought was really like a lot of. Them. So uh, if if you're into those kind of things, then that that might be something you more get into. I don't do mobile gaming really at all anymore so yeah. and Brooke's not into JRPGs so I don't think we'll be picking very many of them up if any what all did it say was coming out last one I played was called Bravely Default that's pretty good um, I can't remember actually I'd have to go and write down the whole list because there, there were probably 10 to 15 games that were listed as coming out and all the different dates and everything yeah and uh a lot of those were after I quit watching, so I just kind of have read up on them afterwards. And we're, since we're they didn't interest me, I didn't look into it as much. You know when uh, the new Final Fantasy is coming out? Or? Nope, still don't have a date. Yeah. As soon as we do, I mean, I'll let you know because I'll probably pre-order it. Because yeah. I, I like Final Fantasy. Like I said, I want to play them. I, I want to play the new one, and I want to see how different it is because it looks different. Uh-huh. And and I saw like the summoning sequence from some like early footage or something it's fucking beautiful yeah um have yeah, you seen that gorgeous. yet mm-hmm. I saw that and then I saw a trailer what reminded me of this is I saw a trailer yesterday about uh Final Fantasy 14 online some alpha for it or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I had no idea that was even coming out <laughs> yeah I might I might have to look into that a little bit because it looked cool as shit but uh, a, lot um, of, a lot of game trailers look really cool I'm kind of interested to play uh, Typo HD. I just haven't gotten around to it. You know, it's another one of those yeah. things. I, I've cleared several games off my bi- backlog in these past few months. Yeah. But uh, that, I didn't clear them all off enough to start new games kind yeah. of thing. Um, tried to with Dark Souls and you know, played that for a couple of hours. And I was like, eh, once I get a guide, I'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm start playing Infinite. It doesn't have a long storyline. We talked about that. It's got like a 10 hour storyline. Yeah. Yeah, if you sat down and played through it, you could probably go through Infinite in a day. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, I thought about that. I, I need to go and finish it so I can finish the Bioshock series. They've uh, it's super good. Infinite is so good. There's rumors of the Bioshock series being ported to the PS4 now too. So uh, I think it was an Australian site or something that had a review for a Bioshock collection for the PS4. Oh, that's pretty cool. Really cool. So, of course, as soon as I finally go back and beat them all, they're going to come out on the PS4. Yeah. I like that they do things like that, but once you've already beat them, it's like, I'm probably not going to buy that. Like, I like yeah. the games, but there's no. there's still games coming out. There's you know old games that I really want to try and have never played mm-hmm. that I would definitely put before that. And it's like, it's cool they do that, but... You know, probably not going to buy it. Well, I mean, there's there's some, like Ratchet and Clank, I pre-ordered that when I pre-ordered The Division this week, mm-hmm. and it was only $30, $32, on Amazon. I think. Oh, yeah? Because I've, I've been using the Amazon this year, the deal that they started doing, which is if you're an Amazon Prime member, you save 20% on pre-orders and new releases. Oh, sweet. So, That's I got, <laughs> yeah, I got both of those Game games. Same day. Yeah. I got The Division and Ratchet and Clank for $88. Hell yeah. So that's 44 a piece yeah. for two new games. Yeah, um, that's pretty sweet. And Mass Effect Andromeda got delayed. I'm so sad. Yeah, so. I'm very sad about that. Yeah. Um, you said I'm, it got delayed for a year? No. I, was, I thought it was it, for a year. Okay. It was basically, I think, supposed to be a fourth quarter of 2016 uh-huh. and they've moved it to Q1 2017 so they were trying to get it in this fiscal year yeah, now they're moving it to Q1 which usually you know Q1 2017 is going to be sometime around now next year yeah um, so you're looking about a year from now so okay. uh, we'll probably see it at E3 you know we'll probably get some more dates and we'll get some more footage and story and all that kind of mm-hmm. coming with it but uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot between now and then. It's just that I, I miss those games. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, again, I was talking earlier about, you know, when Pokemon X and Y came out, it's like, ooh, it's new stuff. Yeah. It's going to be sad, like, going into a new world with Mass Effect Andromeda, or a new story, and it's not going to be Shepard and... Oh, no, I'm... Oh, your friends. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm sure they'll find a way to work one of them in there. Yeah. yeah, even if it's just Liara's to send me, but oh, that'd be cool though. Yeah, Liara's pretty cool. I like Tali more. Tali was my favorite. Yeah, I always got with her. Yeah, got in that space <laughs> helmet. <laughs> yeah, I like Tali and Rex. They were my homies. Cause uh, I never wanted to go into like the tech tree, and yeah, in Mass Effect One, cause I just played it a soldier. So the little bit of Mass Effect One I played, that's. I was just like, soldiers, are, you just get, like, all the fucking guns. Like, I'm just going to shoot oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, because uh, in Mass Effect 1, the, the abilities weren't quite as streamlined as they are in, like, 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. So in 2 and 3, they're, they're much better. I had a lot more fun playing, like, infiltrators and stuff. But oh, yeah. the soldiers in Mass Effect 1, you're like, all right, get a sniper rifle that uh, doesn't move around. <laughs> and I can shoot this assault rifle forever. So, uh... <laughs> Let's uh, do Hi. this. <laughs> I guess it's super cool. Soldiers are nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I do like they're going to a different galaxy. It's not, you know, Shepard. It's not quite as heavy yeah. as that storyline, which is kind of cool. But I guess we'll see. The storyline was very heavy. Yeah. You're saving the world from the 
Fucking Armageddon. <laughs> uh, you know. And you have all these choices all the way through. It's up to the end where you only have three, but... <laughs> I'm still a little bitter about that, but I, you know, I, I bitch about it because it's popular to bitch about it, but I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah. Uh, I know you don't know too much about it, but... Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh... And the big complaint was... You had all these choices that really affected the world all the way through, and then at the end, they really limit you yeah. as to what it does. You're like, whoa! So it's basically the point like, of all these other choices. Yeah, uh, you know, pretty narrow beginning, <laughs> wide middle part, and then uh, yeah, kind of yeah, very narrow ending. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought it was a cop out, but I don't know. Some of the lore behind uh, it, and some of the backstory stuff, it was fun. Yeah. I don't know how I would have ended it, so it's tough to sit here and criticize it when it's like, I I don't have anything better, but I didn't like this. Like, yeah. And I feel like that happens a lot with games. Like, I can't come up with anything, but, you know, I certainly didn't approve of what they did do. But, <laughs> we'll build a better game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to go be a cook. <laughs> um, I'll bitch on the internet. So, our final little bit of news is also going to... All be our topic for the day, which is uh, the Gunslinger movie, or the Dark Tower series, uh, getting its film adaptation sometime 2017. They have confirmed Matthew McConaughey will be they. <laughs> the source I was reading said uh, he will be simply he will be the man simply known as the Man in Black, which is bullshit because he's not simply known as the Man in Black. He has many names, but anyway. Uh, so okay, <laughs> if if you're allowed to talk like this, I get to talk about the Hobbit. For if we need to fill up time, I can fit at least fifteen minutes of bitching about the Hobbit. In. <laughs> well, Matthew McConaughey is playing the Man in Black, and Idris Elba, Idris, yeah. Idris. Um, I think I think it's Idris. He's playing Roland, and I. Let me explain one thing about Ryan's love for these movies. He wanted to name our son after Roland because <laughs> he loves him so much. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i not going to watch the movie. And, and that's just hands down. I, I have settled on the fact that I won't watch it. Mm-hmm. I'll watch some reviews of it here and there because there's no spoilers for me. You're not going to spoil it. Right. Um, I, I think the only way to spoil it would be for me to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And and that wouldn't spoil the movie. It would spoil the whole series for me. Um, <laughs> first off, I heard talk about they're starting with the middle of the series, <coughs> which doesn't make sense to me. Um, because the best they could do, I guess, with that would be starting with the fourth <clears throat> one, which goes back to Roland's childhood. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite book. Yeah. But they shouldn't have a forty-year-old man playing him if he's if he's going to be twelve. So well, I mean, I'm sure they if if they do that, I'm sure they won't have Idris Elba like on his knees. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. No, but here's what I'm saying is like he he was literally a young, yeah. like young teenager yeah. in this one. Like, uh, so if he's going. Even if they say, well, he's playing the gunslinger and, you know, it's going to be like a flashback kind of thing. This story needs its own fucking movie of him when he was a kid. Like, it, yeah. it, it's the best. It's I've, I've yet to talk to anybody who has said that that wasn't their favorite one. Really? And it's an entire story of itself that needs its dedicated time. Yeah. 
and in that book, like your first few pages and your last like chapter aren't back in that time. Yeah. So <laughs> they can't really just start with that and be like, oh yeah, it's you know they're walking or whatever, and he's glimpsing back to this. No, it's an entire book dedicated to him when he was younger, yeah. um, and it's the best story out of that entire series. Um, so I don't guess they're doing that because they. That that doesn't make sense. Cast that they would say yeah. he's the gunslinger, and then well, he's not in this movie, but yeah. in upcoming movie. So that leads yeah. me to wonder. Well, it seems like the flashback thing is pretty likely if they're doing the fourth book. Yeah, which that pisses me off. Yeah, and that makes me not want to watch it because that's my favorite book, not getting <laughs> the attention it deserves. And if they don't do that, I don't see where they're starting in the middle of the series. Like that, that doesn't make sense, right? Because the rest of it's pretty progressive. Um, and then I, I'm not a huge fan of the casting choice, and that you know could be done, you know makeup and stuff could be done to give him you know like the cold steel blue eyes and all, yeah. all the characteristics that are described in the books that uh, I I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I, I was looking through a lot of uh, Elba's movies, and uh, I mean I've watched. Thor, but other than that, I, there's not a whole lot of them that I've watched and really even remembered him from. So I, I will say he, he's a great actor. Okay, he's, so he's, he's got a, a good actor. He's got a BBC show called Luther mm-hmm. that is very good. Okay, but so like I'm yeah, not shitting on him. I just I'm confused with the casting know. for the part, and sure. he might do it well, but I haven't seen it, and I don't see the casting yeah. from where I'm standing right now. Um, I would say he is not a comical actor. No, he and he should be. Yeah, like straightforward. Which so. that's good. I mean, yeah. that Roland isn't a yeah comical guy. Doesn't make a lot of jokes. No. <laughs> and and that's made very clear from beginning to end. Um, I, I'm just really confused as to if they aren't doing the first book where they're picking up at. Um, if they are doing the first book. I think that's the only one that could be adapted. Mm-hmm. With the uh, you know not being the fourth one, with, right. like in the older part of the series, older part of Roland's life, uh, the first one is really one of the few that could possibly translate to a movie decently. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, one of the other big issues I have and why I won't watch it is the Dark Tower series. As much as I pushed, especially when I was younger and everything, like they need to turn these into movies. This would be cool. This would be awesome. That's just a really hard film to adapt. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the entire second book takes place with Roland crawling across this beach and looking through these doors, and the doors are... uh, It's just a frame, a door frame on the beach that if he crawls past it and looks back at it, it disappears. So you can only see it from one direction, and it's just a door floating there. And then when he opens it, and he's looking through it, he's looking through the eyes of these other people who later become his companions. Yeah. And go and their other world Well, yeah. That's that's a different part. But, <laughs> um, anyway, so I'll I talk actually, about that next. I actually have a PowerPoint presentation here. <laughs> um, so but it, you know, and then you know, he's looking through their eyes in this and how do you do that? How do you do like this first person like a guy sitting on a beach looking through someone else's eyes, if you just shoot it of the other guy running around doing these things or you yeah. know, the other woman running around doing these things, then 
it, it doesn't look like, oh, he's sitting here on the beach looking yeah. through this and experiencing this from their eyes. Well, you know, I always wondered how they were going to shoot the infamous uh, Barrel River fight scene in The Hobbit, which is one of my favorite parts that was totally in the book of Legolas, who is one of the main characters that's not in the book. You know, jumping around on barrels and jumping on the heads of dwarves and really having this great comical relief fight scene shot with a fucking GoPro. Like, oh my god. <laughs> this is the worst. So I'm just really confused as to how, how they would shoot that and how it would translate. And not only that, with one of the doors, I, I mean, there's a huge reveal, you know, that yeah. comes from him not being able to see and this and this and this. And one of the people we pulls through has, like, a dual personality and he has to, like, so there, there's just so many things that don't translate to film. Yeah. And not only that, whenever he's coming through these doors, he's pulling them back into his world, you know, after. So yeah. Just don't see it. I don't Shit, understand I how it'll happen. Book. <laughs> yeah. That seems really cool. And then, uh, I mean, even beyond that, when you start getting to some of the later books, there's, I don't want to say, <coughs> I don't want to say time travel. It's more like dimension jumping, like go into these alternate realities. Yeah. And That's where the there are other worlds and these things comes in, right? Yeah, part, yeah. partially. Yeah. Um, that's that's Jake and that's... Yeah, because I know that character comes back. Yeah. That's um, not the end of him. So the, there's... Cool. He was a cool character. And then his backstory is cool. You learn yeah. more later. But anyways, there's... You know, Stephen King writes himself into the books. So he's... Yeah, like, it has a lot to do with him and his accident he's had. So... You know, he's time traveling to Stephen King when he was younger, and then Stephen yeah. King again when he's older, like didn't popping. He, didn't he have a car accident or something? Yeah. In between well, he, he got hit. You learn a lot about it reading the Dark Tower series. Really? But uh, he got hit by, so a, by a van when he was running. Oh, wow. Um, so there's, there's just so many things that I don't see. The Wastelands, I feel like there might be parts of that that would translate well, but overall it's a pretty dry book. And um, all the way to Wolves of the Kala would probably be pretty good. Song of Susanna would be really hard to write or yeah. write into a movie. Um, I don't know. Like it, it's one of my favorite book series, but it's not a book series for everyone, and I don't think it's going to be a good movie. Yeah. Um, I wish it was. I, I I would. I wish I could just experience it, and it would be an awesome movie. But <sighs> with the limitations and just curiosity of how do you do that yeah and make i make it makes it really hard and i don't think i'm gonna watch it <laughs> so because I, I don't want it ruined for me yeah uh and and that that's just one that i i want to leave pure and just yeah. the way i read it in the books and the way i experienced yeah. it i mean you were pretty young when you read the books too weren't you i started reading them before he was done with them um and I didn't yeah. finish until years after he was done with them. You're so you, still not finished, are you? You didn't read the last oh, one? Oh, I didn't read Went Through the Keyhole yet, which is an extra one he went back and did. Oh, yeah. I, I've read the story start to finish, but not some of the uh, almost appendices he wrote in. Sure. Um, but, yeah, you probably have a lot of, like, almost, like, nostalgic. Yeah, I, like, I started reading it. I where think, you were when you read them and shit like that. I think I started reading the first one when I was in middle school, maybe, mm-hmm. and that's a really hard read. So yeah, my my I had to listen to the audio book to get through it. My reading of the Dark Tower went read book one, started two, couldn't get into it. Went back and read book one, read back and read book one again, then read two, then read part of three, 
and then I think that might have been the time I actually finished three, and then I got to the fourth one and got pretty far into it and then took a break for like two years, and at this point I was in college um, because I just got busy and stuff and ended up not reading it. Then I went back, finished that one, and after I finished that one, I was just like, dear God, actually, yeah, I don't know, because I feel like I remembered reading it in high school when I was a senior, but because uh, I, I remember the end scene from the fourth book, and that that's one of the two books I think that's ever made me cry when I was reading it, and uh, the first one was Where the Red Fern Grows, because <laughs> that's a fucking sad book, Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was I was distraught when I finished that book for a while. And then after that, I went through. And I was like, "Well, I got to finish the story. I got to know what happens." And yeah. finish the other ones. Yeah, Gunslinger, uh, not a happy story. <laughs> no, um, especially the fourth one. But the the ending of the books, a lot of people didn't like. I found it appropriate, and I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, um, I, I really felt like it was an interesting and appropriate end for what for, for Stephen King, especially. I feel like yeah. it. Uh, Ended a lot better than some of some of his other ones. So you've read a lot of Stephen King. Right? He's read almost everything. No, I haven't read almost everything. Almost everything I've read has been Stephen King. But yeah, well, <laughs> I, I was going to say I can sad. count. There's about 16 Stephen King books on this uh, shelf over here. I, I have. Are there any other Stephen King books that remain in the movies that you did like? Did like? <laughs> Dreamcatcher was a really good first half of a movie, <laughs> <laughs> and then it got weird. Because uh, Dreamcatcher was actually one of the first. Stephen King books I read and um, it I read it in 7th grade uh-huh. and it was first of all it's a really long book and it's really good and the movie did really well kind of like with the camaraderie and uh, you know a lot of the people that were in it up to about halfway through the movie and it's been a while since I've read it, so I can't remember exactly where it forks and, and what different happened, but um, I remember being very disappointed and very like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, compared to the books, but... 1408 was really good for a short story. For, 1408 was adapted really well into a movie. Oh, yeah? Um, and that that was just a short story, and the short story had a little bit more detail. Like here the paintings. And there. Yeah, like some of the really weird shit he saw, like where the paintings were changing. and. Uh, mm-hmm. But that one translated well. Because we watched the movie, and then I read it, and I think I watched the movie again after reading mm-hmm. it, and absolutely adored it. What about The Shining? Because that's like a really popular, great movie. Um, The Shining, I actually never finished. I went back and started trying to read it and never finished it. Uh Um, Because I have... The only copy of The Shining I have is actually in a compilation of uh, The Shining, Carrie, and Salem's Lot. Night Shift. And Night Shift. And um, haven't read The Shining. Salem's Lot I read. And that one translated pretty well. That was a pretty scary book, honestly. I could, I could see that, but Salem's Lot was... It's an old movie. It, it shows its age now. It does. But uh, as far as... Movie. Mm-hmm. I have it, actually, but it's like a three hour long movie, and it's it's old. I didn't know it was a book till about five minutes ago when I was looking at your shelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about vampires. Um, Pet Cemetery. Did you read Pet that one? Pet Cemetery. 
That was a pretty good movie. It was um, a great movie. I love Pet Cemetery. And you didn't watch that until we got together. Uh, trying to think of what other adaptations there have been. Carrie. Sure. Carrie was another one of the first ones I read. That's a really easy Stephen King book to read. Oh, yeah. One of his first ones. Um, and the that movie. that one translated yeah. pretty well into a movie. Have you seen the new version of it? No. No, no not the newest. I mean, there's yeah. been like five. Oh, yeah. And there's been so many adaptations of Carrie. You see, the, old, the older one I read was... It is just really unsettling. Like... The whole time you're watching the movie, is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Which is a definitely, I mean, it's a Stephen it's King adaptation. That's what he does. Um, you're just like, I don't feel good about this. This <laughs> is know, really It's very weird. ominous. I never read it. Uh, I'd like to go back and reread Eyes of the Dragon because that was another one of the first ones I read. Yeah. Um, a lot of what I've read from Stephen King have been a lot of his short stories. He has a lot of compilations and kind of. Like everything's eventual. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of that one, or actually, I read all of that one. Uh, Four past midnight, um, nightmares and dreamscapes, and there, uh, a lot of those have turned into movies, and and that's almost how a lot of this stuff is. You know, the, the some of the smaller works translate into better movies, just because mm-hmm. he he can put a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, content into a small space. Yeah. Anyway, I won't watch The Gunslinger. <laughs> so, Conclusion. But, yeah. So, what about you? You always talk about The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. I haven't read them, but. Go okay, ahead. well, we filled you know, 15 minutes of that. Now, we, uh, how long did you want this to be? Hour, two hours? Good. <laughs> Three hours, because I have some input on that. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings, loved them. Mm-hmm. Loved them. They are so well done, and there was a lot of. I mean, God, the people who made the chainmail rubbed their fingerprints off putting mm-hmm. the chainmail together. 250,000 links they put together by hand. That is just an example of like how much actual effort was put into those movies and really trying to do the books justice. And even then, they still left out some of my favorite scenes, especially Tom Bombadil, which it's good that it wasn't in the movie because they could not have, have made it what it needed to be. But that was, you know, that, that was one of my favorite parts of, of the books. And then there's some, like, really emotional moments. And then at the very end, uh, Saruman actually doesn't die uh, in his interaction with Gandalf there. Gandalf breaks his staff. And then they escape. And they go back to the Shire. And they take over the Shire. And then Merry, Pippin, Frodo, and uh, Sam go back to the end and, like raise the hobbits up in a rebellion and Merry and Pippin have like their armor of Gondor and uh, Rohan and stuff like that and they when from when they drink the ant drought they grow so they're like super tall hobbits and they're like they ride around on ponies and shit and still wear their armor and stuff like that it's so fucking funny and it's just perfect for those characters and then it's a really good way to end. And there's there's also not a lot of explanation of like why Frodo leaves for the Undying Lands. And but you know that's a whole world that Tolkien spent a lot of his life building. So you mm-hmm. can't put all that into a movie. Oh yeah, you no, can't like that. But then let me just add something. That the Fellowship of the Rings first book I ever cried about. First movie I ever remember crying in when yeah. Gandalf is fighting uh, and oh yeah, just, Fly, you fools. I had to be taken out of the movie theater because God, I was probably what you know, 
six, Good. seven when Fellowship came out. Oh my god. It was so heartbreaking. Yeah. I think I went to see those movies a lot with Hugh. Mm-hmm. I think me and Hugh saw uh, The Two Towers like eight or nine times. In the <laughs> and we had that parents think of there because they had to be just fucking fed up with that. <laughs> like, but, uh... And then the Hobbit movies, my big complaint with that is they were just... It was just a money grab. Yeah. They, they didn't... There's so many things wrong with those movies. Uh, I think even apart from not being good adaptations of the book, they're just not good movies. Like, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I haven't read them, but I, I enjoyed them. I, yeah. I did enjoy the Hobbit movies and everything, except for you get to the last one and it's literally three hours of people... Of the same battle. Yeah. yeah. And it's all CGI. All of it, like... Yeah. It, it's all CGI and... It's over the top. Yeah. Uh, fuck those movies. A lot. <laughs> I talked about the, the fight scene where they're, you know, in the barrels going down mm-hmm. the river. And it's like, that was so unnecessary. They're just, they just changed so many things they didn't need to change. Like, oh, how can we fit a, you know, a book that is probably half the length of, or like, it's probably two-thirds of the length of The Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. They made those three books into one into uh, three movies, and then they made a book that was, you know, not even a third of that entire series into three movies as well, and it just didn't work. It felt forced. There were not the honesty that really appealed to me about the, the Lord of the Rings movies in those books, or in those movies, and they added characters that weren't there. They added, like, whole plot lines of, like, this elf-dwarf love bullshit. Yeah. Like, that was so strange. That was just... It wouldn't have happened. It was unnecessary, for one. She she does not exist in any of the books as a character. She is not real. (laughs) They made her up so she could want to fuck a dwarf. That's her thing. I feel like that would just be your dream movie. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, don't get me wrong. It was like living out a long time fantasy for me. <laughs> this glorious elf and maiden falls in love with the stocky, gruff asshole. Uh, but yeah, no that, and then Bilbo wasn't the fucking main character of the movies. Like, yeah, that was ridiculous. Because Martin Freeman did a great job in the scenes he got to actually play Bilbo. Yeah, he was fucking awesome. But he's a great actor anyway. Yeah, Martin Freeman's the best. But yeah. That sucked. I did love that they had Radagast in it, though, because I love him. Yeah, Radagast is pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, even to make him into three books, they had to, or into three movies, they had to take stuff that is hinted at, like them driving uh, him out of the Dungeons of the Necromancer when they drive Sauron out, yeah, and all that stuff. That's that's mentioned kind of briefly in the Lord of the Rings, and then they they use that to make scenes. In the Hobbit, just as an excuse to like, oh, look at these characters. Saruman's back. Look at him. He's doing stuff. I mean, they made oh, he's ten. probably evil right now, but they don't know it. Look at them being friends. <laughs> and Galadriel was in there too, and she's super cool. Uh, if but, they can make it shit. into an animated movie, that's like what an hour, and it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Why well, stretch it three? Whatever. Well, do you feel? Obviously, you don't feel, but maybe when they added the scenes like that mm-hmm. and with Saruman and everything they were 
trying to do an additional fan service for Lord of the Rings. Because it was mentioned in there. They can't really throw something that's mentioned into that, but they can give it its own little part back here. Yeah. As... I, I thought the scenes were interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did feel like it was just a way for them to lengthen the movie. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it was fine. It was that sort of like, oh, look at them. Look at them. They're all together. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of fan service, but ultimately not enough to Born make three me movies. <laughs> enjoy those those movies <laughs> at all. I, I think they uh, could have made two decent movies. They could have made two Cut an hour movies. and a half of kind of bullshits here and there out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could have made one real good movie. They could have made two okay movies. And instead they made three shitty movies. <laughs> um, especially the third one. The third one was just got awful. Yeah. The, th- the third one was the one... In, yeah. That was the one when we went and saw in theaters. And... That that was the one that I really felt like I was like, well, that was three hours of Wasted fighting. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Um with a little bit of story at the beginning, a little bit of story at the end. And I love those huge epic battles and everything, but it did almost just feel forced of just like yeah. not a whole lot going on throughout the battle except huh, you know. Yeah. Oh, like, look, this is a comical fat dwarf riding a pig. Hey, hey. <laughs> or riding a ram, whatever. But I did uh, love that actor. Uh, <laughs> he oh, plays yeah. Uncle Monty and <laughs> Lemony Snaggit, Series of Unfortunate Events. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that, too. That's another... That, I think that that would make a great TV show. It will make I mean, a perfect, perfect TV show. show. See who they have playing Count of Wall? Uh-uh. Neil Patrick Harris. No way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was announced, and I was like, it could be really, really good and he's doing it for his kids. Yeah, he'll do a great job. So I, I'm really interested to see that, actually, because yeah. I didn't mind the Jim Carrey one. I didn't like that it was the opposite of Lord of the Rings. It was three good books forced into one hour-and-a-half-long movie. Yeah. And they they did miss out on a lot of character development and everything mm-hmm. that goes on in the books that it just kind of turned into, well, here's this other person. Oh, they're dead. Here's this other person. Oh, they're dead. Like, that was quick. Like, like yeah. I said, Uncle Monty is my favorite in all mm-hmm. the books. And you saw him for maybe five. minutes, yeah. Like, five, ten minutes. And yeah. he was the best. He was the caretaker. He was... Yeah, the reptile room. Yeah. I love the Lemony Snicket books. But that's one of the things that makes character deaths, like, so impactful. Like, even in, like, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. When... At the end, Ramus Lupin was the big one, like, oh shit, Lupin's really? so cool, and then Lupin dies. And then one of the twins, you're like, fuck me, one yeah. of the twins is gone. But, like, in the movies, the twins, it wasn't quite a, first of all, it wasn't even really highlighted. You know, in the final, like, battles and stuff, yeah, it, it was kind of just, the they kind of showed the body at the end, and it's like, oh shit, you know. Yeah. I bear to dare. Just, Sirius Black's death was probably yeah. the most hard hitting. It was just, because it was really, so, I would say Dobby's death was <laughs> Dobby's death was pretty bad. Uh, Serious blacks in the book really got me because you're just like, yeah, you're like, no, no, that's what I'm You're just gonna come back through. Yeah, he's, Where, he can come he's back. He's not gone. This is no Harry had his dad now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that was when I quit reading actually yeah. when I when I was in school and I made it into that part of Order of the Phoenix and. I think it just upset me, and I was like, I'm just going to put it down for a while, and I didn't take them back up. <laughs> like, yeah. You just like, couldn't believe it. Because it's such a, like, he just deserves such a better death. He yeah. deserved to die fighting, not push through a fucking curtain, and mm-hmm. he's gone. Yeah, that was rough. Bellatrix uh, Lestrange. 
I, I love her. She did a but great job of this. She was so great, but just killing serious. I was like, you bitch! Yeah. I hate you! Yeah, I mean, she was epic bitch one. Uh, she got beat by Molly, though. Yeah, but the reason those character deaths are so impactful is because you have time to actually, like, grow attached to that character and really, you know, learn to appreciate him. Like, even in the books when the fucking, uh, one of the twins dies, like, one of the relatively minor characters, you've had all this time to grow attached to him and mm-hmm. used to him, and they're so, like, comic reliefy that oh, when he's gone, it's like, in the books. what Fred the George, hell? <laughs> I mean, they made him look really minor in the movies, but, like, Harry took his World Cup winnings and... Gave them the money to open the yeah, to open the shop, jump, the the shop. shop yeah. and they never let Harry, you know, pay for anything. And they were the first pe- person to speak to Harry. Yeah, they were cool. They, they were awesome. They were. I loved Fred right. and George. Yeah, that's why the stuff like the uh, series of unfortunate events movie and stuff like when that character dies, you're like, I've known this character for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah, I should. I get why I should, but yeah. Uh, I can say one. We have not seen it. We want the last of the Hunger Games. I read all the books. Seen all the movies except the last one, which is kind of heartbreaking, but we just did not want to go to the movie theater, I guess, at that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> to see those, because, God. Yeah. It's yeah. as bad as going to see fucking Star Wars, like, opening weekend almost. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. That was fucking intense. But, <laughs> I had, like, six lines. Everybody lined up to the doors. But they're... Ryan never read them. I don't think you did. I read the Hunger Games, but the the last death. Oh yeah, that, that that's awful. gonna be heartbreaking. I don't even want to see the movie. Almost like yeah, that shit was tough to tough to. Read. I really enjoyed the movies. Really, the second movie was my favorite. Yeah, I think I liked the first one more because I just like the. If they'd done all three, where they were all in just like fighting in the the. Uh, like over the cornucopia, and mm-hmm. I forget what that's actually called. When they were actually doing the Hunger Games, I'd have read three books just off of doing that. I thought that was such a like cool concept and stuff. I think that's why I like well the first two because the yeah. second one was still a lot of that until like the whole end of it. And yeah, that is one of the coolest scenes in a book, though. Like how it's like divided by times that different mm-hmm. things happen in the second book. That was yeah, yeah. The book's really good. I loved them. My grandpa, that's seventy something years old, watched has seen all the movies before I have. <laughs> he read the books after me, and the reason he did was because he's terrified something like that's going to happen. Really? Yeah, but he absolutely adores them, and I've told Ryan many a times that he needs to read them because they're so good and yeah. the descriptions. That's one thing I don't like. They couldn't get as in depth in the movies with the characters. How they're looking from the capital, like especially oh, sure. with Snow, how he's supposed to look deathly white, like his mm-hmm. mouth is bright red from the blood he's coughing up all the time. Yeah, they, they just some of the stuff they could not get into, and the yeah. capital people were amazing. Yeah, I think that's any book though. I really think like if you take the time to read a book, you're going to get a lot more out of it than well, a lot of movies it is like how you imagine it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no room for interpretation when it's just shown to you. There's just like this is this is what it looks like. Canon. This is how they look. Yep. But you know when you're reading something in a book, like you have an image in your mind of Roland. Mm-hmm. Like you know how you think he should look. Well, a lot of that comes from the art. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. But you know, there's 
20 different ways mm-hmm. that you can imagine something. And Lenny Kravitz was great. That's how I almost yeah. imagined him. <laughs> In the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, those books are... Yeah. I want to go back and reread them. Oh, the Twilight movies. Let me oh, talk about I don't even want to get into this <laughs> time of day. Like, yeah. I read books. Shit. I read the books, too. The books are bad. The movies were... Worse. Worse. Yeah, I haven't seen... I saw one of the movies because I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it. And I think I had to go take a shower after that. <laughs> you liked yeah. it that much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. Ooh, my imagination's running wild right now. <laughs> so, I mean, basically, it really comes down to taking the time to read a book and enjoy... That interpretation and you know the imagination yeah. you get to put into it, putting forth that little bit of extra effort to make it yours and your experience. Right. I really feel like that. It it is better and outplays the ease associated with. I'm gonna sit down and spend two hours watching a movie, mm-hmm. unless it's Lord of the Rings, so you're gonna watch twelve hours. Yeah. Movie, but <laughs> or Harry weeks, Potter, twenty four hours, yeah. or like twenty eight hours. Or it's, yeah. it's fucking ridiculous. So but, worth it, though. Yeah. But uh, that, that's the thing. Is in order to get a decent adaptation of a book or a movie, a lot of times you need that. You, you have to have these ridiculously long movies, and then people are too lazy to sit and watch a movie for three hours. You mm-hmm. know, they rather just watch an hour and a half or not experience it. And there's a lot of good experiences, a lot of good books. That's yeah. why I, I had to force you to watch an Harry Potter one. Well, yeah. Well, that was that was because I wanted to finish the books. We had to tiptoe through the house when me and Nathaniel <laughs> and Michael would want to talk about it. I would oh, just yeah. leave. That was funny. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, thanks for listening, guys. This has been one of our shorter episodes, and uh, we really appreciate everyone's support. And uh, make sure you just go check us out on Facebook at uh, Nerd Level Nine K. And also at Twitter at NL9000, Instagram, NerdLevel9K, Patreon, NerdLevel9K, and... Wow, we are all over the place. We're, we're all over the place. We are. We're yeah. Just support us. Just support us on everything. <laughs> yeah. Just come like just us. And, like us and share us and tell your friends how awesome we are. So <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> be our friends. Yeah. But... Uh, I don't blame people. For not wanting to be our friends. <laughs> they just haven't met us yet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be our friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is Ryan. Another episode in the books. This is Brooke. This is Nathaniel. <laughs>